This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Through the end of the month, June 30th, uh, you might want to take advantage of some great specials on uh, meat. Double R Ranch Prime Ribeye is $10 off. Carlton Farms St. Louis style spare ribs, $6 off there. Or uh, I'm a big fan of this. We do this almost every time we go to Zupan's as we pick up some of their great house-made marinated chicken kebabs. Um, they've got different varieties. My favorite, by the way, is the Huli Huli. Um, but uh, you can either throw them on the grill or just put them in the oven and make an easy way for you to have a great summer dinner this season. I love that you don't have to think. Really, you just yeah. put those on, and mm-hmm. they're delicious, and it's easy, and they're, uh, yeah, it's done for you, just like a lot is done at Zupan's. All three locations, uh, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego, and of course, you can see all of what we're talking about and more at Zupans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again. It is Portland's Food Scene Podcast right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures, and I am his co-host, Court Johnson. Oh, you're the co-host. You're not mine. I don't own you. Well, I, you know, I'm, I am a co-host on a morning show now down here in San Francisco, and so you know, I was making sure people knew which co-host I'm talking so you, about. So you've made the rounds. You were on Kink for years. Now you're down in San yeah. Francisco. I suppose mm-hmm. next stop, uh, L.A., New York, or just big national. You know, nowadays people don't necessarily have a market per se. They are just in podcasts. Kind of everywhere. Yeah, it's interesting because when I took this job, you asked me the, the question when I was telling you about it. Or maybe you did. I, I got asked this question a lot when they knew I was taking this job in San Francisco. They're like, well, you don't need to move down there. Uh, but this particular job, they, they like the two hosts to be in the same room. It's hard to do two people in different locations uh, for on a live show. Like you and I are actually very much physically in two locations. We've done been doing this since the pandemic. Um, actually, works pretty good, man. Man, what, I'm talking myself into this. But anyway, you know, you got uh, you got to talk the station into it. Yeah, I was gonna say, but uh, they they wanted me down here, and uh, I, I was obviously open to it. And I I got to say, Chris, you've visited San Francisco more than I have. I traveled through briefly as a, as a teenager. Um, and I know you've been here a little bit more than I have, but this is, this is totally my jam. The weather in the city itself is like straight up my weather. It doesn't get terribly hot. It's, you know, I actually appreciate cool mornings and then it warms up in the afternoon. I'm, I, I love How about it. Randy? That's the key. How, sh- how would she yeah. love it? Cause you're in a position, not in the not too distant future where you could make a move. Right. She loves it as well. No, she, she, she's obviously been down here on probably more sunny wet weekends than what might be the norm. But, um, you know, what I truly am learning is like, depending on where you live, either in the city or in the Bay Area, the weather can be 100% different. Right. And so if you want kind of a more hotter, arid environment, there's places, you, you know, go. 30 minutes away that you can drive to and have all right. that. Well, you know, that reminds me that I decided to move to Oregon after two trips in the middle of July. So, right. uh, but I have no yeah, complaints, so, so. but yes, the representative weather I saw was, was certainly not 
what it was, but I'm, I'm still good with it all. But so, Randy, yeah. the reason I ask, so anybody, you and I know, but Randy doesn't love the climate in Portland. So, no. you know, that's why I asked if she would want to move down there. So Yeah, she, she's always kind of loved the idea of eventually getting to, to California somewhere. I think she'd like to go a little further south, but the the visits that she's done so far, she's She's pretty solid. Well, plus it's a cool city. There's fun stuff to do, including shout out to my cousin's place, Cold Valley Tavern, which you visited. You just Mm -hmm. told me you visited. Yeah, I went there yesterday. um, Just kind of was out. I'm trying to do walks as my exercise, and and I've you know I've been doing the Embarcadero, which is the very famous walk along the the bay Mm -hmm. itself. Um, Very flat, not a lot of hills on that. So I'm like, I need to challenge myself, break a sweat. So I was trying to do more hills. And found myself in your uh, cousin's neighborhood and stopped in and had myself a very nice smash burger last yeah, night. And they have a lot beyond the smash burger, too. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you should be able to find hills. Good. Oh, you turn the corner <laughs> and you're on, a, you're on a hill in most of the city. It's I nuts. say go out and get a Mustang and, and be, feel like you're Steve McQueen and just drive them. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I any movie that is shot in San Francisco has to have that that shot of them, you know, that's probably taken from Steam McQueen, the you know, racing down a hill and, and jumping. Right. The obligatory San Francisco hill jump. Yeah, I love that when I was a kid. That was Bullet was like it for me at the time. But that's a yeah. long time ago, man. It's aging it's certainly aging me. So um uh, speaking of people, to, we were talking about moving and different areas. Our friend Gary Okazaki has, two years ago or three, I don't know how long it was, was talking about where he was going to move from Portland after a lifetime here, save for a few residencies in places like Florida and elsewhere. Um, but now he's kind of relegated to Portland and hasn't been flying all over the world to eat. This is the most prolific eater that anybody who's looking for a podcast to listen to someone who eats a lot, they're not going to find anybody who eats in more, has eaten in more places than Gary the foodie on Instagram. That's where you'd find him. But he's not all over the world anymore. He's in Portland. So he's shared his top places with us. Um, on this podcast, and it's really great. I actually took one of them to heart yesterday. I was going to lunch with a friend and um, decided to go to Oma's Hideaway, which was, I had just been to Gato Gato a couple of weeks ago. Oma's Hideaway is kind of, Hideaway on Division is kind of the sister restaurant. And man, I'm going to say, I'm looking up because I never remember exact things. The spicy Katong Laksa. Is a must-do dish. I don't know if Gary indicated this, but he indicated it was one of his favorite lunch spots. It's the shellfish gravy, and what was in it was so perfect. Perfect, and we ordered the the chili on the side, the the chili oil on the side. Oh man, uh, it was fantastic. Is, is that so? Is the chili oil what makes it spicy? Well, it was to my spice threshold. Without that. As it was. Okay. And it was exactly where I like it. So there was some spice without that, but you could take it to, you could obviously make it killer with the ramekin of chili oil that they brought. So, um, but at any rate, I took Gary's list to heart the day after we recorded this podcast, and I was very happy about that. It was great. So, um, 
many of the places we've been to. Some of them we haven't. And it's, uh, it's basically a top five where once in a while we stop on one and discuss it. But he just kind of reels off his favorites from dining over the last year, including what do we have here? Just to preview uh, burgers, bakeries, top brunches, top pasta. So that was weekend brunch. Uh, lunch, and then his top five restaurants in Portland, which you know changes year to year. So we discuss. That's what I love about this. For as for as often as we've had Gary on the podcast, um, there's probably some restaurants that make reoccurring appearances. But for the most part, this this list of his is always changing because he's finding all these new places or, you know, something's changed. And so he's got a different dish. Oh yeah. And let's not forget. He's the first one when anything yeah. opens, he's right. the first one there. So he's going to discover it and talk about it. And then, you know, we also talk about something, his, I think it's a really interesting topic. And he thought it was kind of interesting too, because I don't know if anybody else has pointed this out to him, but his buddies, are all the James Beard guys. So, and they became James Beard nominees and winners generally after he started hanging out with these people. So is it a mm. chicken and the egg situation that Gary, just Gary, he doesn't, well, he shows these folks on Instagram that he's actually hanging around with, not just necessarily in their restaurants showing the food, but you'll see pictures on Gary the Foodie's Instagram with Gregory Gorday and Vince Wynn, who both won speaking of win they both won uh james beard awards this year and you mm-hmm. know one of his best friends is or couple's friends are uh ryan and elena roadhouse he hangs around with peter uh cho and son all these people i like i asked him do you choose your friends based on who's going to win a beard award <laughs> so anyway we we have that too and we have an interesting discussion that's kind of a follow up on the conversation i had with the latest best chef northwest slash pacific um vince win of berlu we talked last week about the current james beard awards and what's going you know how those are structured because they took two years off and they came back with different criteria for who gets nominated and who can win and we gary and i talk a little bit about that whether there's going to be another chef who doesn't have a new restaurant uh who win will win that award sometime ever again so uh Mm. whether it's always about the new stuff or well we'll get into it i don't need to call attention now but um it's an interesting conversation gary's always interesting and you know he and i get along so if we go off on tangents that's simply the way it's going to be a podcast is a conversation so we go off on a couple of tangents, including a little bit of baseball at the end. But we really have kind of decided that most listeners don't give a shit about the Mets and the Braves. So that'll be the that'll be the next podcast uh, uh, spinoff from right. At the I, don't wanna do, the I don't want to do. I don't want to be. Oh, you don't want to. No, do okay. I'm I'm against <laughs> a lot of chit chat about sports because just play the game. There's so much yeah. bullshit that goes on about talking about what might happen and what just happened, which you can't change anyway. I guess people right. like it's it, literally, but I'm tired of it. Yeah. It's literally too much baseball, too much inside baseball. Well, it's one of the reasons I stopped, I lost interest in the NFL, was those pregame shows were just, to me, was a complete waste of time. And yeah. um, anyway, I don't know. That's the way I feel now. I just say play the game, enjoy it. Listen, 
on the subject of baseball, I enjoy it as a pastime. Whether the Mets are champions or not, I enjoy watching <laughs> it. So there's your disclaimer yeah, it doesn't matter so anyway but gary i enjoy speaking with we made a date for lunch next week so i'm excited about that a little lobster roll and uh at one of his favorite spots too cafe rowan and uh yeah listen i i you know i always like having gary on he had a podcast and he's not doing it any longer but that's because it takes work and it takes it takes doing sure. it every yeah. week and finding things to talk about so mm-hmm. so finding great people to talk about one of them is gary the foodie and i think everybody's going to enjoy it and i strongly suggest go grabbing a pen and paper and doing a list like i did we could provide the public service of actually putting those in our show notes but then then why would people want to listen to the podcast if they just go and have a list right. i don't understand that do you court where all the podcasts put all the content in writing I've I've heard arguments both ways, but um, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Listen to the podcast. Enjoy the conversation. Yeah, and then take, take some notes, notes yourself. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers and local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupans Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years, Ringside has been providing the best steaks and has been the home of the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. And by Portland Food Adventures. It's your opportunity to travel to the world's most celebrated food destinations with Right at the Fork host, Chris Angeles, and some of his favorite chef friends. Check out PortlandFoodAdventures.com for exciting and delicious itineraries to Spain, Italy, and elsewhere. Stay in great hotels, eat incredible food, and leave the planning to Portland Food Adventures. So, um... Yeah, how, I was just curious. Why didn't? How come you didn't go to Chicago? You had a lot of possibility of good parties. Uh, well, I probably wouldn't have gotten invited. I think they're for just the 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 finalists at the event. I I would have just what uh, stayed in my room and eaten pizza and watched. I don't know. Dinner. They could have gotten you a seat. And besides, we all know that you're the arbiter. You're the you're a big judge for that, and Michelin yeah, guy. Everybody it, right? knows, yeah. Uh, but I did <laughs> resign. I resigned 2019 from the beers. So I don't. I, I mean, again, and, and when I was a judge, I didn't go. I mean, and it all went to shit after that. <laughs> things change. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, it was. It was. Fantastic because the last this did happen in 2011 with the only other time a chef or a restaurant from Oregon has ever won a national beard is when Gabriel Rucker won for a Rising Star Chef in 2011, and in that same right. year Andy Ricker won Best Chef Northwest. Right. So it's analogous. Okay. It's, it's basically analogous. The, the only difference for me is I don't I didn't know those you know I didn't know Gabriel or Andy I still don't really but you know with Vince and. Gigi, it was 
Vince Wynn and <laughs> Gregory Corday uh, from Con and oh Con Con won the the award obviously so but you know it's I love Greg Gigi and I I love the whole team at Con and it was a fantastic night I I I was actually at Gato Gato when the awards were announced. Uh, oh yeah! I finally got there. By the way, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And I, my, my niece and her friend wanted to go there. It just it wasn't because Thomas was a finalist for the right. year. I just happened to be at Gato Gato on the night of the James Beard Award, where Thomas Pichet definitely was a finalist. Right. And as uh, my as my niece's friend walked up, she she also knows Vince because she lives above Bearloo. Um, and she and she's eating at Bearloo. So she, she, she walked up. They they announced the um, winner of Best Chef Northwest. It was Vince, and I just start. I screamed, and and Kyla was right next to me, and she screamed, and we hugged, and I shed a tear. So it was emotional. So I if, and I I'm sh- pretty sure you listened to the interview last week with Vince. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. If this is a chicken and the egg situation where all your friends are winning everything, does, is that you know is that because you're their friends or are they just sucking off your good luck charm? What what is it? I don't know. I don't know the I don't know the answer to that question. They're they're my friends because they're my friends. I know, and I but, I, I don't know. I mean, do you have any chef friends who like aren't? Even close to being J- nominated for a James Beard Award, because you seem to gravitate towards the good ones, right? Those are your buddies that I see. You know, in addition to Vince and Gregory, you know, I see you around with Ryan, and he's been nominated six before, times. and he, he, he six could, times, like yeah, I, yeah, and he could win. Yeah, I, he should I, win. Yeah, I mean, Ryan and Elena Roadhouse and I walk every two weeks, and I saw, we walked yesterday. Today, well, yesterday was our walk day, so. Nice. My friends with Woodward, and he was a finalist for six straight years. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just. What is it with you? I don't know. You are, are you? So it's. I'm asking this in fun. Is it because? Do you rub off on them? Do you have influence, or, you know, do they? Uh, I, I, you know, is, are you kind of like a groupie who only hangs out with successful great chefs? But, but remember, Vince and I go back to 2014. I know, I know. That's why you you can just you can support negating what I just said easily. And I've eaten Ryan's food to, since 2014, and again, right. he didn't get nominated probably until well 2015 or so. And and like Ryan and Elena, well, most a lot of these chefs didn't really become my friends until later on. You know? I know, I know, but it's just well, bizarre well, that these are the people that are the well, top echelon chefs in Portland now, right? I mean, bar- without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you do have. I can't deny that you don't have a point. I mean, I eat their food. <laughs> I eat their food, and I'm thinking, oh my god, this is this is truly amazing. And and it's not like I. I'll tell you one thing, Chris. And and as far as I can remember, I don't. I don't ask them, you know. Hey, do you want to go? To I never say that. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, I go, there, I go into the restaurants and eat. Sometimes I go out, <laughs> eat in the restaurants a lot, and then we just become friendly in that way. And then, you know, I don't know. So let me ask you this: Do you think that the James Beard judges or anybody who's in charge of they pay are paying attention to your Instagram? Because I, I don't think so. No, 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 no. All right, I, so. I would say that might be it because you've got. <laughs> 
you're pr- you you showcase not showcase but you demonstrate that you're friends with those people and if they see that maybe they go no i don't see- think so no all right but, i'm just but, trying to but, uh, you know it's a weird coincidence back in the old all. days i traveled around the country and i was eating at the best restaurants in the world and i'd, I'd make obviously i'd have i'd have to that was part of my thing is i'd have to make recommendations and i could right. tell that i influenced more of a u.s perspective for the beards back then but that was you know that was right but i still think you have some influence because of that i I still think that they must be looking at your instagram still no yes 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 listen there's nothing wrong with it it is what it is and you're not doing it if it if listen if it is true and it may you know there may be nuanced too right it doesn't have to necessarily be black and white but if it is true, you're not going out of your way to do it. You're not writing the James Beard Awards and say, these are my, you know, these are the people that I think are worthy. You're not doing anything other than living your life the way you've been living it. But it's interesting how it's possible that, you know, you have a lot of Instagram followers. Yeah. Right? How many? Yeah. Where are you right now? 17.7K, like, so 17,700. Wow. There was a time where you and I were about the same, but yours are such higher quality well yeah uh listeners i mean you if you post something you get 350 likes or more 500 i post something i get 12 but the thing is what what i appreciate is some of the best chefs and restaurants in the world follow me i mean right you know and these are chefs from you know denmark and paris and london hong kong uh singapore i mean I, i i i'm deeply flattered I mean, so, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm like some, some of them finished in the top 100 of the world's top 50. The 51 through 100 was just announced a couple of days ago. And the one I just saw. Yeah, I, ha- I have two on there. I look at that list and I go, well, Wait, I, I'm embarrassed oh. because I know Gary's been to almost all no, oh. a good percentage of them. And I found on the 51. to what was it? Yeah, I found Ezra Monday and also. Um, uh, there was another one in Spain that I've been to right below it. They were at like 80 and 81. Um, can't even think of it right now, but anyway, uh, Oh, I know what it was. Enigma. I was at the, oh. I, I, I was at a demo for Enigma before it was Enigma. Okay. And then we sent some PFA people there. So, um, anyway, but I I look at that and I'm just sort of, I'm not trying to be you at all. I don't purport. That's not what I, my goal is. But I've been to some nice restaurants, but you've you've identified the even better ones than I've been to. Yeah, but yeah, but I, I, I I'm deeply flattered that Richard Lee from number ninety eight Two Michelin Star Cezanne follows me, and Chef Han from number what ninety six Labyrinth in Singapore follows me, and like they're they're incredibly but nice. And have you been to all of those? Anybody who's following you is it because you posted from? There, well, they just pro- find yeah, out yeah, about I mean, you. Yeah, I mean, Richard started following me after I went to the Saison Maison collaboration last March at Saison. But I used to go to Saison all the time, but Richard wasn't there with Joshua Skeens. And like Chef Han did follow me after I posted from Labyrinth in 2018. So yeah, I mean, there's some, some people, some chefs just, I mean, uh, there's a Michelin star chef that followed me today from, from Spain. From Spain, that I I just I've never been able to go to his his restaurant, Alia. I think it's pronounced in Barcelona. Um, Alia. A L E I A. It has a Michelin star, and I I had never heard yeah. of it, but I mean, I, 
splattered again. Yeah, I mean, I just... Uh, listen, we could go a lot of places. Yeah. I just want to ask you, um, uh, Michelin star restaurants, do you think they are necessarily the best eating experiences you can have when you uh, travel? Honestly, so I, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I, I was kind of working on my top 200 restaurants in the world, and some places like Lima, there's no Michelin in Lima. There's no Michelin in Mexico City. So right. it, it gets skewed in some respects. But yes, because um, Michelin inspectors, for better or for worse, are colorblind. They, they're they anonymous. They, I mean, chefs really don't know when Michelin comes in to eat at their restaurants. And do they have certain blind spots? Sure. I mean, th- nothing's perfect. When they go to a new city... Uh, there have been a few cities that have been new to North America, like Miami, uh, Vancouver, BC, Toronto, and nothing. I love those cities. Don't get me wrong; I, I love those cities. But right. there's there certain like, could those one Michelin stars in Miami go to if they were in Paris? Would they get a Michelin star? Oftentimes, no. P- getting a one star in Paris, getting a two star in Paris, getting a three star in Paris is just so much more difficult than getting one, two, or three elsewhere. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Right. Uh, that's interesting. I was actually asking in regard to the same city, a Michelin star restaurant versus oh. one of the better non-Michelin star restaurants. And the reason I ask that is because we just went in San Sebastian to Nauru. Yeah. And, man, I just love that food. And I also... Recently, I've been I've been singing the praises in Barcelona of Bar Cañete for a long time, and I just ran into the one of the people that used to work with me on the trips with Jose, who's got a culinary company there, who set us up in some incredible experiences. And when I told her I'm happy, I've been to Bar Cañete twice on this trip, and she sort of looked down on that and poo pooed that as oh yeah, you like the Instagram tourist trap place. I'm like, well, I just like this food. It's substantial. It's not tweezer food. So for me, it's just like I have things I know I can order and enjoy. And uh, I felt weird about that. Like, wow, that's the place I like. And you're accusing that of being the Portland City Grill of Barcelona. So anyway, that was... um, I was just curious as to whether that's been your experience. And I know you like that kind of food. That's you like 20, 37 no, courses. That, that's the difference. I mean, I have a feeling Bar Cañete, is that how you pronounce yeah. it? It's, it's right. probably more straightforward. Uh, right. More, more, I hate to use the word simple because then there's a pejorative term when you say simple. But It's casual. a little more like casual. Toro Bravo was. Okay, and, you casual. know, that... Right, casual. And, yeah. But it's really fun. You sit at the bar okay. and you watch them yeah. all cook and you're having a fun time with them and it's not, you know, it's relaxed. And um, anyway, that's what I like. But I was just taken aback a little bit when she accused me of saying, oh, I could have sent you some better places. And I've been to the better places and they're good, but I just like my experience there. And am I allowed to like that? Sure that's you the are. way I. Yeah, personal yeah. preference. It's personal preference. Right, right. I mean,. Michelin is its own yardstick, and not everyone likes to eat that type of food. I, right. I personally, I do. I, I find, find dining at its apex to be revelatory, oftentimes, and yeah, it's revelatory. It's it's hard to to create dishes that I've never seen before, and 
uh, I miss it somewhat because I, I haven't traveled, and that's fine. I mean, I'm sure you miss it, yeah. but I, I, kinda. I mean, but I have so many great memories of of my meals, and luckily I took pictures from 2011 or 12 on, so I have those. I'll, I'll you know, I can't remember because I went to La Bernadette back in the 1980s when under the original owner chef Gilbert Lecoz, and. I kind of think, oh, God, yeah, it was better back then. I, I mean, repair gets so much publicity right you, now. But I'm thinking, was it better or was it just my own, you know, my imagination? It, it's hard to do that. I just went back for, you know, Pepe's Pizza two weeks ago. Right. And that was my spot. And I'm sitting there with Renee saying, you know, it's just, I, it's not. And first of all, they sold. So it's a it's new company. It's not. It's not Frank Pepe and his relatives any longer. But I just sat there and said, it doesn't seem, I haven't been here in a few years. It just doesn't seem the same to me. So it's very hard to judge 15, 10 years apart. How was this versus this? You know, you're in a different frame of mind, your palate. I'm guessing after having um, watched my mother's palate go downhill as she got older, she just didn't taste anything. I'm wondering uh, if that... Sure. You know, that happens to all of us. So uh, so I don't know if I can judge. Anyway, it's all interesting. I would have, I was there and thought this would have been fun to go with Gary and even some of the places we went in New York, which you would never go. But I would have, I would have loved to take you to a, a Chris style. This is where I like to go and see what you would have thought. Um, anyway. So, we have stuff to talk about, other than the, you know, we started with uh, Gregory and Vince, bringing home the bacon for, uh, probably not the bacon, but bringing it home for Portland, I think it's very important that Portland has the banner in the air again, waving back and forth, hey, we're still here, we're not CNN on the news with uh, shit going on downtown, there's some good food, it's still a, it's still a, a viable and uh, thriving food city. But it's been, and, it's been uh, 2017 since uh, Portland took home Best Chef Northwest. That was Greg and Gabby Denton. Right. Yeah, that's a while. But still, that's just versus Seattle and some other areas, right. too. But I just think it's good that, you know, Best New Restaurant and and Vince, who I, you know, I, I wasn't paying as much attention to it. I knew he was nominated and so was Thomas. But I wasn't sitting there on with waiting with bated breath to see who would have won. So, oh really? Um, I'm well. I mean, I don't watch it the same oh, way yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> well, if, if, um, if they weren't nominated, I probably well, I wanted to see. I probably oh, I'd probably watch Best Chef Northwest uh, uh, category regardless. But it it was Vince Mallory and I had dinner. Mallory is his wife. We had dinner a couple days ago, and oh, you know, I was nice to have Vince walk me through that whole process from leaving portland until you know they came back mm -hmm. tuesday morning so going through i'm gonna kind of relive it i mean it was, you know and but um it was just very enlightening for me to see as each step as he you know as the day progressed what he did and um it was it was fun for me, well, like I was there. I'm also, it, it was I don't know if he revealed different information. I'm sure he did, but I found our uh, interview last week, which anybody could go back and listen to at any time because it's adjacent to this one. Um, very interesting. And I, you know, I don't know Vince the way you do. And what a thoughtful, God, I, 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 I hear th people in their 30s who are so thoughtful. And, um, and by that, I don't mean kind. And he, obviously is but 
He's able to work through some things and have perspectives that I don't remember having at that, that age. He's very mature, I think, for his age and has come to some conclusions of where he is and where he wants to go. And um, I found it very refreshing. He came out and talked about, you know, where the James Beard Awards are now. I wasn't even really probing for that. And we went there. Um, and I thought that was interesting, too, that he would after having won, you know, we were, we were talking about, you know, his winning versus are there going to be any more white guys in Portland who are going to win a James Beard Award? And you can answer. I'm curious to what you think of this. Is someone who's been around for 20, 30 years doing what they're doing and, you know, thriving or, or at least surviving through what we went through two years ago and labor and, you know, the changing food scene and not being the shiny new thing for many years. Are they ever going to get recognized as a great chef? I, I, that's where I, I would hope. Wonder. Well, first of all, it's, it's very, it's somewhat puzzling to me <clears throat> that maybe some of the greatest chefs in the country haven't won it's just some of the greatest chefs in the world. Let me give you an example. A, a, a person of color, Corey Lee, he owns Bennu, along with San Juan. Bennu is one of the truly great, has three Michelin stars, truly one of the great restaurants in the world. He did win the Best Chef California, I want to say four years ago. Five, it took him a mm-hmm. while to win that. Uh, he, for, he was also the chef de cuisine of the iconic French Laundry. Corey Lee's a badass. I mean, and, and the fact that he wasn't even nominated this year is is I don't I don't understand it. it and it's not a white POC thing, but it kind of is. It, well, in other, I think someone said there were like four white winners versus twenty two POC, something like that. It was, it, it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be harder for them. For example, I, I think. I guess I'm giving it away. One of my categories, best restaurant in Portland. I mean, for me, the best, and you, you know what it is. You know what I'm going to say. Yeah, the, I know what you're going to say. The, the best restaurant in Portland to me is Nota Girl. Ryan Rodas has been nominated six times for uh, right. as 75th. Given the new system and structure of the voting process, he's got a chance. Because in the past, in the old, old, old system, he would not have had a chance to become a finalist. Just like Vince would not have had a chance to become a finalist. But Ryan Road has, has a chance, and hopefully they'll give him a fair shake. And Why would he have a chance now and not before? I would think it would oh, be no, less no. of a chance now. No, the, the, in the past, um, it was peer vote. Former winners um, and the judges around the country had a vote. Now, former winners do not have a vote. And right. the, the way the system's changed is the way... And I could, I've read... The, the bylaws or guidelines this year. And it's it's a little bit confusing and amorphous to me. But the way I understand it is groups of predetermined people, maybe not predetermined, go to these restaurants after the semifinalists are announced and they have they, they, and they grade out their meal and then they discuss it within a group setting. That never happened in the past. It was pure vote in the previous... That's interesting. So, so, so someone like Vince would not have had a chance to in the in the past but let's just say let's just say i'm right because i did read it okay let's say you know five or six people go to barely on a specific night they eat there right. and then they discuss it and, and and now you know they say oh my god my, my meal at barely was amazing blah 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 okay well instead of discounting the number of votes oh yeah vince got yeah barely got six votes and uh, uh chef x got 20 votes 
because maybe he knows a lot of the former winners, and maybe a lot of former winners went in there. Right, and, and, and their friends. And, and, and um, Vince is, has a taste of many that's 145, 150. Again, that's also an obstacle. And for Ryan and Elena Roadhouse of Notre Girl, it's $250, that's, right? So and that's also Well, that's there. also a, that's a whole other issue because I was thinking the two winners – were not representative of the old Portland that I think set the tone there in so far as they're just more expensive. They're two of the more expensive experiences you can have in Portland. And that's fine. I mean, yes, that's who should be. That's fine. If they're voted the best, there's also another layer to this. And I was listening to uh, the daily on the New York times today about, uh, you know, the vetting process that if anybody's ever been the slightest bit of an asshole in the kitchen, they're not going to win an award anymore. They, they're not judged on their cooking only. You're judged on what yeah. kind of character you have yeah, as well. well. That happened. I, it was, uh, there was a furor over a Birmingham, Alabama chef. Right. And yeah. And there was a furor over a Portland restaurant last year. And the owner of said restaurant created a manifesto and released it to the public and he he <laughs> i think i a fr- friends of mine read it multiple times i just didn't want to deal with it but apparently he he even posted the letter from the james beard foundation that he received mm-hmm. regarding the investigation again this is you have to everyone everyone who's listening probably knows who it is just go and i don't want to mention it i just tired you know of that, yeah, no, I yeah. understand where you don't get stuff. involved. That, but, yeah, that um, person too. But. And uh, yeah, I just heard uh, our friend Jonathan down at Epilogue in Salem is complaining that he's not getting recognition, even though he got nominated, but that the Portland people aren't going down there to eat. So well, I think there are other. I, I'm guessing there might be other issues there. I don't know. I kind of think Salem's close enough where a group of people probably went to Epilogue. Uh, Josh Dorsick from Moss and Ashland. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a harder. That's a harder track. I mean, right, right. Well, no, I think he's not complaining about the the judges. He's just complaining oh. about the general public hasn't caught on yet. Oh, okay, and so, yeah. um, I'm going to say Salem is not Portland. I'm going to play that card. I've been down there. I've had him on the podcast. He got recognized. You know, we treated him as though but uh anyway so every there are a lot of people who are going to have gripes with the system and um right you know but it, but as i said here's the way i look at it i'm not in any position to judge what's necessarily better or better but i will say this there couldn't have been two nicer more talented people that brought home those awards this year than gregory and vince so you can't you know be pissed you 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 just have to be happy for them. That's all. I'm just happy for them. And I, and I step back and say, oh, you know, is, I don't, I'm not going to judge whether you just said it that Notoguro, just by implying it, Notoguro is a probably a better restaurant than Khan, even though you love Khan and you've been there a million times. But so I step back. I don't want to judge whether Khan is worthy versus the others. I think Gregory's worthy because he has done so many incredible things, uh, including opening that restaurant in the middle of a pandemic and putting it together. Um, so, um, you know, and I, I remember the first time I met Gregory, and you know this, went into departure to do an event with him, and I walked out and said, man, that guy, he's, he doesn't talk. He's got, he has very little charisma. <laughs> 
Uh, well, yeah, but yeah, I would bet that if Gregory heard me say that right now, he would probably agree that at that meeting back in 2011, he had just taken the helmet departure, and you know he was an, he was a different guy, man. He's been through a lot since. But I'll tell you this: when we did our event, and he stood up and did what we usually do at a Portland Food Adventures event, he was very charismatic. So one-on-one, I don't know, but when he got in front of people, man, he turned it on. He had it. So well, anyway. Since we're talking about that, instead of – I was going to save this category for last, but I'll go first. This is – I mean, we're going to discuss some of my top five categories. We can't get to all of them, which is fine. We'll get to them. Let's do an overview of what you're going to talk about first so people know what to expect and why they should stick around. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go through a top five ranked, 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 ranked list of just some various things that I've thought about and – yeah, I mean, and because you, you're not traveling, so you have nothing more, else better. Yeah, to more do, time. Right? Yeah, I've been eating <laughs> right. out a lot in Portland recently, so I just, I, you know, I, I, this is these are these, I don't think these, these are not the best. These are just my favorites, and these are my lists. Mm-hmm. And if you know, most most listeners will probably say, "Oh, Gary's full of crap. You don't know anything. I don't agree with this top five. Great. Then you have your own. And <laughs> this just give people a chance to to. Listen to my top five and listen. Ideas. People are always looking for suggestions, so right. who better to listen to than you? And so, yeah. And here's I've always had a problem with food criticism because the uh, f- what you like is very subjective. Exactly. I mean, even different spice lo- levels. So, you know, I guess we have to have food critics. We don't have to, but we've always had them. Probably better to pay attention to than Yelp um, or whatever source people use. But I've always had a problem with, well, just because I, you know, I've read reviews and I've gone, I'm like, I don't agree with that at all. And um, so it's very subjective. But I do think you have credibility in this area because you've eaten around the world. And as I said on the podcast with Vince last week, one of the things that impresses me most about you is you can't accuse Gary of being a food snob and only liking expensive Michelin star restaurants in Copenhagen because you also <laughs> sing the praises of Domino's and McDonald's and, and I have no shame on that. And I love that because in Portland, people feel shamed. Well, well, at, at tw- anything that's national. At 12 p.m. today, I had an order of uh, Panda Express come to my house because I really like Panda Express. So I had uh, or three orders of grilled, teri- grilled teriyaki chicken and three orders of orange chicken and rice. Why and three orders? Oh, I, I I don't know. I just got I just I it will last a few days and get them all at once. Okay, all yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that so, makes sense. Yeah. But so, six I love, orders, I love man. Orange chicken. I've given up on Domino's because I reduced the amount of uh, car like sweets I eat. So Domino's is just too sweet for me now. Like Pizza Hut over Domino's, and I haven't been to McDonald's recently. But my thing over the <laughs> last my thing is my thing has always been the orange chicken at Panda Express. So I'll never give that. I, up. Then I gotta go try that, and 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 I bet you it's something I might enjoy too. I mean, although I gotta tell you, I've you know how you get tired of something after a while. Sure. It's not like yeah, I eat a lot exactly. of these. I just had a cheeseburger at McDonald's the other day, a quarter pounder with cheese, yeah. which I've ordered since I was a little kid. Yeah, I was like, this fucking sucks. Really? I don't even like this anymore. I'm done with it. So um, okay. Anyway, I wished I got a fillet of fish. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. I, uh, well, this is what I do sometimes. But if I just get a regular cheeseburger, a regular burger that's a dollar twenty-five, whatever. I, I I bring it home and I put my own stuff on it. Like they'll have a pickle on it, but I'll put extra pickles or rel- they'll relish on it. I'll put extra. Oh, nice. On it. I'll do I'll do special things when I get it at my house and just microwave it. Oh, I I never bring it home. It's got to be eaten in the parking lot or at the restaurant because it's just hot. And the fries too, which I'm oh, yeah, I shouldn't be eating anymore anyway. But um, but it's interesting because you know one of the things about McDonald's is you can't complain too much because it's so damn cheap. But it's not as cheap anymore. You know, a, cheap a anymore. Value uh, a whole v- meal is like twelve bucks, so that's changed. So that's part of the reason I probably thought it sucked for the money. This is not worth it anymore. When it was six bucks, you know, on the app for a burger, fries, and a drink, I can, what what can you complain about? I know. So right. <laughs> all right. So that's that. But um, go ahead. Start with your list. How many lists are we doing? We're just doing I, as as you know. We'll eventually run out of time. We'll just do a few and. Um, no, we can go all day. I have till four o'clock when the Mets and Yankees play. Okay, uh, <laughs> and we're not gonna. I don't think we should be. Well, I'd like to talk baseball well, with you a little bit at the end. We forgot last time. Freaking Braves! They blew a. Uh, they blew. Oh, the you're complaining the, about the Braves uh, last night. You're complaining ninth about the Braves. Nice standing. Eighth and ninth inning, they gave up like a four-run lead. Screw them. Okay, okay. I feel really sorry for you Braves fans. Oh, uh, All right, season. let's go down the list. So, okay. so I guess we'll go down pretty quickly, and if there's something that I feel like we should just expand upon, we'll talk about it. Otherwise, just go down the list. Okay. We'll start with my number one, my, my the, the best, I don't know, the, probably the category everyone wants to know about, and we'll do it first instead of last. Top five restaurants. And this, oh, okay. And, and this includes food, service, ambiance, atmosphere. So it's just not the food, okay? And I like that because I don't believe a food experience is all about the food. Right. And uh, I have a tie at five, and that is ox and Le Pigeon. And I, I've got these. Oh, five, right. uh, well, uh, let me tell you, just in general, I've tried. They to could go- be number one on my list okay. right there. Which one? Either one. Okay. I'd be happy with either one. Okay. Uh, although I would, because I've been there more often and it's a little bit uh, uh, more up my alley as Ox. Okay. And I, I, I hadn't been to Ox in like four years and I went recently. Just like I hadn't been to yeah. in, in years and I went recently. Just, just because I'm kind of taking these lists kind of seriously and maybe people are going to laugh at that. But, I, you know, I, I, I had to see. And All right. Tied to five, the pigeon and ox. Well, so that all that means is that you five was difficult for you. You well, should have done ten. Well, there'll be a lot ten. of ties. The way to sneak in an extra. One. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. If every, I think almost every category may have a tie. Now, uh, maybe not. I'm just. But I, that's I, all right. I couldn't. I couldn't separate between the pigeon and ox. Four Saint Jack from. I love that chef. chef I, and I've come on here talking about Chef John Dennison many times since you know since he he started at. Um, uh, Aaron's casual oyster. Oh, oh, Lemuel, Lemuel. That's Lemuel, which, by the way, is one of my favorite places. Although I haven't been there in a while, right? But Saint Jack is four. Is John? Is John the one doing the pop up with the? uh, Yeah, cash. Yeah, I went recently. I went opening. How was that? How was that? I made a reservation and canceled it, and I don't. I think we went to Gato Gato instead. I really liked the appetizers. It was like first night, first seating. He. 
the the lost the lobster roll was still beautiful, but it needed some tweaks here and there. I I gave him he asked how it was, so I gave him my thoughts and feedback that night. So that's why I made a reservation there because of the lobster roll. But then I realized I'm going back to Connecticut for those lobster rolls. Right, so I didn't those are it. you know those are totally legit ones. Connect right. Well, I'm sure his is legit. It's yeah. just a little different. That's all. And Ca- Cafe Roll and Spencer makes a really good lobster roll too. I haven't had it in a while. He's doing something all special right. for his I- lobster roll on Wednesdays. It's a twenty dollar lobster roll with a mimosa, something like that, on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays. So I gotta check that out because I I. I I can't believe it. I got to see if it's every Wednesday. But you want to meet tomorrow? I'll meet you tomorrow there. I, I can't for lunch because uh, Jerome Powell is giving, is deciding on interest rates, and then he has a presser after that. So I won't be done oh. at 1.30. Oh. oh, you're washing your hair. Okay. No. Go ahead. Hey, look. It's Federal Reserve. <laughs> no, seriously. I would, you want to go? We want to go the following Wednesday? I'll go with you the following Wednesday. I All right. All right. <laughs> I'm going to mark that down yeah, and call it. Wednesday. Um, okay. If it's true, we got to find out if he's actually doing a $20 a lobster roll. I don't even care if there's Listen, a stuff with it. I knowing, this podca- knowing this podcast reaches 6 million people, I'm going to call him and tell him we discussed that you got to give us a lobster roll on Wednesday. 20 bucks. Yeah, well, even if it's even if it's whatever, but anyway, okay. So Wednesday, what is tomorrow's the fourteenth? So that'll be the twenty first. I'm writing this down. Okay. (laughs) Hopefully, I don't. (laughs) I don't think I have any schedule on twenty first. Yeah, I'm writing it down because you never asked me to go, and I know it wasn't. I know I I kind of pushed you on it too. You didn't really ask me. You just relented. No, no, no. I would have gone. I would have gone tomorrow. (laughs) <clears throat> okay. Assuming it's true, but let's look. I mean, look. I mean, I mean, I know this isn't great I, podcast right now, but yeah, I'm free Wednesday the 21st. <laughs> All right. We got to make sure it's true. Let's, we got to make sure there's lobster roll on Wednesday and that hopefully it's Well, if we, if we don't go there, let's go eat somewhere. Okay. Okay. We're somewhere. Okay. You you so pick. Tell me bot. where I need to go. You can go Kiki Bot. Actually, that's on my okay. list. Uh, uh, okay. Number three, Bear Lou. <laughs> All right. Number two, Khan. Yeah. And not surprisingly, and num- number one. Number one, we know. We know, Notre Girl. Okay, these are the uh, these are my tops. Actually, six, even though it's a top five list. Top and these are all tough reservations, by the way. Well, they're not easy to get in. Saint Saint Jack isn't too bad these days. Well, no, I know that, but um, everything else, yeah. And does is Aaron? So do you only find Aaron at Heavenly Creatures now? Uh, Chef Aaron Barnett. Uh, he, no, I, I'm sure he's still there at St. Jack. I don't know how often he's there. And right, but he's John, not really cooking. He's expediting when he's there. Yeah, I, Aaron, Aaron, I mean, because John's got a, he's got to split his time between Cash Cash and St. Jack now. So I got the Aaron's probably there more at St. Jack than he used to be. I'm assuming because, okay. you know, John's at Cash Cash. Aaron's one of my favorite people that I've met since I've been meeting chefs in Portland. I think he's one of... I'm sure there are a lot of nice people, but I've always enjoyed Aaron. Okay, since we're talking about weekday lunches, since that's what we just made. See see how I'm segueing into these lists? You're great. You should have a podcast. You should have a podcast if you're good at segues. Okay. Well, I'm I'm your Joey Bishop, so I'm on enough that I'm kind of, this is my podcast. Okay, so weekday lunch. (laughs) My five favorite weekday lunch places, which is really kind of a hard category. It has to be open at least three weekdays. That was my criteria. Any place that's beautiful. All right. Uh, Thai for number five. Another Thai. Master Kong. Two locations of Master Kong. 
and Piconi's Corner. All right. I'm writing these down because I'm always, I'm actually short of writing on, I'm too embarrassed to go to Facebook and say, where should I go to lunch today? I used to be the guy people asked, but now I got to do that. Yeah, so this is your list. All right, Piconi's Corner. Yeah. Tied for five. Yeah. Piconi's Corner and Master Kong. And Piconi's Corner. Oh, it's a tie. Yeah. Yeah. They just started serving um, pasta recently. I tried to go to okay. I tried to go into pasta for, I tried to go there for pasta on Sunday and said no we don't do pasta on Sunday I said you do it on lunch during the week and they said yes so they are okay. pasta available during the week four almost hideaway hideaway which is now open seven days a week for lunch all right there's one I want to try after going to Gato Gato um, three Javier that's just well, that's been yeah, yeah right that we, we all we've all known that for years right um. Two, four, and I ta- I've talked about this place before, Fortune Barbecue Noodle House on 82nd. Roasted duck, roast duck and barbecue pork. That's what people need to get over rice. That's what you should get. I'm not, I'm not okay. going to recommend anything else there except for roast, roast duck and barbecue pork. And I, I would imagine that if you don't go for lunch, you can still go to, for dinner yeah. and get that same thing. Right? You are correct. $16 these days. It started out as like 14 But when people started writing about well, it. Every, everything's gone up. No, well, You've got to change your mindset. Well, it's gone up over a couple of months because everyone started writing about it. As they should. It was too inexpensive when inexpensive, it was too inexpensive when they, it was at $14. And I told them that. It's like, how can you charge mm-hmm. like $14 for this? Um, and number one, just down the street from Barbecue, Fortune Barbecue Noodle House, is Kikiba, my favorite weekday lunch place. Kikiba, number one. How do you spell that? K I hyphen. Is that a hyphen? No, um, the little apostrophe. Okay, K I apostrophe I K I B A A. Kikiba. Okay, Kikiba. Okay. Let's, and what do you get there? Mexican food. Get the asado burrito. Get the sabutes. Get the uh, Riano Negro or Riano Blanco. Oh, or that sounds good. Just get anything. I have the whole menu. Pozole. Menudo. It's all great. Right. I, okay, cool. Thank you. That's a good one. And it's really inexpensive. That's a good one. That makes it even better. Chris, we are pausing just a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat in Portland, an institution, as it were, Ringside Steakhouse. 79, over 79 years. I remember we were just saying 75 years, so time's flying, and uh, and we're coming up on an 80-year institution in Portland, uh, Ringside Steakhouse, where now, something they didn't have for most of those 80 years was, an, was outdoor dining, and their patio is awesome, and um, it's a really nice spot to eat. They have, they have some heaters out there if you need them. It's really pretty. So whether you're eating, you know, when you eat at ringside, you can either eat in the beautiful dining room, the bar now, you can make reservations to eat in the bar, or outside. Lots of choices there, in addition to lots of choices for different cuts of steak. Right, Court? Yeah, I was just telling you this off air, Chris. I went just recently with my wife, Randy. Uh, you had been telling me, you got to get the Wagyu, you got to get the Wagyu. I, I finally did um, because there's so many great items to choose from and I just hadn't got to it yet. I went with the olive-fed Wagyu and easily the best steak I have ever had in my life. I, like, yeah. I was dumbfounded by it. 
It's a treat. It's not something you're going to get every time you go in there because it's a little expensive. Sure. But I've seen it for way more elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's something if you have, you know, a couple of times you get to say, just like you did, that it's the best steak you've ever had. And they have it. They have different options, too. So olive, olive fed is just one of them. The food, the food is delicious. Uh, the service is absolutely bar none. The best in town. We had Colin serving us and just the, the best service the entire night. Best food. If it's a special occasion, if it's not a special occasion, Ringside Steakhouse is the place to go. Yeah, it will be just going there. It will turn into a special occasion. There it is. So, uh, and they also have food to go now, and they even on their website they've got a, a scrolling banner. Ringside steaks are on sale, so that's a good opportunity as well. So they are on West Burnside. They're open. Let's give the hours here: four thirty to nine Monday through Thursday, four to nine thirty Friday and Saturday, and four to nine on Sunday. And, of course, set up those reservations. You can do that through the website, ringsidesteakhouse.com, or on the Open Table app. Um, favorite weekend brunches. From weekday lunch to five, my top five favorite weekend brunches. Oh, and do you take into account lines? Uh, no, because none of these places really have lines. Oh, well, then that's the, that, that immediately I was going to say this is a list I'm really not going to pay attention to. But without lines, I will. Okay, here we go. Number five, no tie. Number five, Sweetie D. Yeah. Also check out. The- I've, I've been online there before, but maybe it's dissipated. Yeah, maybe you have to go right when it opens, which is I tend to go whenever I go out to eat. I go right before right. it opens. I'm usually just right at the door. That's my... Dirty little secret. Okay. That's, che- that, uh, that's your caveat, that these may have lines. These may have lines, yeah. Uh, check out the pastry case at Sweetie D, too. Number four, Cafe Ollie. Also check out their pastry case, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Cafe Ollie is number four. Number three, you can make a reservation. Toki from Peter and Son. Peter, Cho, and Sun Young Park. Toki is number three. Uh Number two was surprise the two and one number two and number one will surprise people. Number two, Navarre. Right? Oh baby, that was my first Portland love. It's they have a great goes uh, way back. They have a great brunch. They have like you can get there's like a hut I don't know, thirty or forty dish selection for brunch. Because it's basically a dinner menu, you can order a brunch. It's quite amazing. And it's a really fun way to order if yeah. they still do it the same way. They do. I just love they, they You do. get the list and you just put the dots next to it. I'll have three of these, two yeah, of these. Yeah, exactly. Still it's the nice. same. I'm, I think I've asked you this before, and I don't know if she would be there in brunch, but if you've been there enough, do you know if Pam, the server, is still there? She's from Connecticut, and I, we, I had a very nice rapport with her for years. Her boyfriend actually started a podcast, oh. 88 The Chicken or 86 The Chicken. So um, that was so long ago. I don't, I don't, but anyway, I don't go in enough to know who the servers are at uh, Navarre. But I, w- I did go relatively uh, recently just to check. And well, I, I used to go there often enough. I went there because she was there. It was fun. Number one, my number one favorite weekend brunch spot is Paiku, which I did talk about Paiku on this podcast previously. It's in St. John's. 
N. Okay, Paiku. Paiku. I don't remember. P A I. I gotta start. I gotta start listening to this podcast. Yeah, you should. But you know, I, I mentioned <laughs> like twenty restaurants or thirty restaurants every time I'm on. Right. P A I K U in St. John's. Paiku. Okay. Okay. The, okay. Get the Easter pie or the chicken pot pie or the venison hash. I've had oh, all recently. Those are those are nice hearty things. Oh, very hearty. Yeah. And I've got okay. Now I'm going to kind of. I'm, here's a list that I just created today, and it probably shouldn't be a rank list because you, you'll see when I tell you what the list is. It's my top five most anticipated openings for the rest of the year in Portland, Oregon. Oh, so this is your eater. This is your your shot at eater. No, no, it's not a shot at eater. I mean, everyone. No, I don't mean. I don't mean a, an insult. I mean it's your. It's what they do. Sure. Yeah, but theirs aren't ranked. I'm actually trying to rank a list where I don't get to try the food. Right. But I, right. I don't. don't I mean, it. I don't. That's right. I don't know if this food is good or not. But I just. Right. As far as interesting, because I'm looking for uh, openings that maybe have a different spin on food or maybe exciting. Okay. If anybody ever wants to eat or eat you or meet you, they're going to know with this list, show up the day that they open and you're going to find Gary there the first <laughs> 15 minutes. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, one of the, well, or I may be at friends and family because one of these I'll be at friends and family. So you won't see me. Oh, okay. I, don't, I haven't gotten invited to a friends and family in a little while out there. Go ahead. Okay. So tied for five. I do have six. So tied for five. So number number five, Peter Cho and Sun Young Park's uh, Korean Korean barbecue restaurant, which is whole animal Korean barbecue. So I I I'm not exactly sure. We'll see. I mean, it, I, 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 of course, it's going to be great. You would think, right? It, it will be. Does it have a name yet? As far as I know, no. Okay. Okay, and then and also at number five, this is a this is my only pop up on this on this in this category. And it's going to open next. It's going to be open toward the end of the month, and it's called Tacos Con Onda at the Hungry Heart Bakery in the Montevilla District. Um, in the Montevilla District, it's like 79th and Southeast Dark. Hope that's right. Okay. And it's from Adon Fausta, uh, who who did a pop up last summer called Paradise Marisco. Which was, um, which kind of broke out. It, it, people, uh, media types wrote about it. And uh, they were very complimentary of the food. And I went. I went a couple of times. And I really enjoyed Paradise Marisco. But this is his taco pop-up from Adan Fausto. Tacos con Ondo at the Hungry Heart Bakery in Montevilla. And it'll open soon, toward the end of the month. Is that Onda or Undu? What did you say? O-N-D-A. That's right. Oh, that's what I got. Okay, good. Okay. I'm, I, you listen, Gary, I never write these things down. I'm just, I got my pen. I'm actually writing with a pen. Okay. <laughs> Handwriting. Okay. Number, number four, Belpine from Pedro Almeida and Laurel Romero inside the Ritz-Carlton. I believe it's on the 20th floor. Yeah, you know when that's opening? I've been trying to get in touch with him. Oh, God. I have no idea. I think it's going to be more toward fall or late summer, but I don't know. That's what I think. I yeah, don't it's know. not coming up that soon. Right. Number three is Houston Blacklight from Mariah and Thomas Bishop Duffley. Wow, they're not. I, I did hear about that when we went. Their server told us about it. Yep. And um, yeah, they're not stopping, man. They're, they're, I know. Uh, 
It's it's gonna be on Clint. It's gonna be in a Clinton neighborhood. And and when I asked about the theme, what's the theme? Uh, posters, uh, black light posters, oh. neon posters. Well, you know more than me regarding <laughs> that, then. Well, yeah, but that has nothing to do with the food. But that's what they're they're gonna theme it. You know, if you go in their bathrooms, okay, see what's in there. That's the way it's, I guess, gonna look. And I have to compliment them on what Gato Gato. Uh, how it feels in there. It's right. pretty cool. It's nice. Uh, they did a nice job with Oma's Hideaway, too. Um, right. That's number three. Number two, it's a restaurant that I probably cannot pronounce the name of the restaurant, but I'll give it a shot. Xiao Yi from Louis Lin and Joe Lin Chen. Xiao Yi in the Hollywood district. Uh, it's near, it's across the street from the Starbucks that was in the Hollywood district that closed down. But Louis Lin was a chef de cuisine at a very famous Italian spot called Felix Trattoria on Abikini in Venice Beach. It's, it's one of the more famous Italian restaurants in the country. Uh, yeah. And then he also worked at two Michelin starred Pineapples and Pearl, Pearls in Washington, D.C. So he's opening. It's. I thought it was going to be a bar. I read Jack, Brooke Jackson Glenn wrote about it, and mm-hmm. I'm still not exactly sure if it's a bar or a restaurant. I don't know if that matters. I I knew the space probably two or three months before Brooke wrote about it. I just didn't tell anybody. But I told hey, one person before. I, yeah. Before I forget, we got to give her a little. Uh, oh yeah. Recognition for her James Beard. Uh, Award that she won. I it's Jonathan Gold award it's a for Jonathan Gold local, local writing. food writing. Local food writing. Yeah, good for her. And, you know, she it was she tackled she was she doesn't just do reviews. She was tackling a lot of social right. issues in the city, and um, good for her. I've always thought she's talented um, from the get go. When I started reading, first started reading her. But anyway, we didn't talk about her in the beginning, and she was the third. Um, third Portland recipient right. of a James Beard Award this this time around. I congratulated her the night that she won. I texted her and congratulated her. I uh, said, go, you know, go have fun tonight. And yeah, good for her. I did too, but I didn't tell her to have fun, so I'm not sure she had fun. Well, hopefully, she, I'm sure she did. If she didn't get a if she didn't get a double dose of that suggestion, so my number one most anticipated restaurant opening for 2023, as far as I know. Um, it's going to be LaRange from Joe Stock yes. and John House and Jeff Beer. So right. that's going to open up very, very soon, hopefully before the end of the month. And uh, stay tuned because I think we're going to have Joel on the podcast. Great. And the one thing I'm most excited about, they, they will do tasting menus hopefully down the road, but initially it's going to be a la carte. And I think it will always be a la carte. Uh, but there will be a tasting menu option at the bar, but that's down the road. But what's exciting to me will be the daily specials, which sound really fun. So, right, and paired with some great wines right. because, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty powerful team opening this place. So that's cool. Yeah, because John House owns Ovum Wines and Jeff Beer owns Golden Cluster Wine. Right. Um, Doesn't one of them own Les, Co- Les Coves? They both, that, they're partners. Uh, uh, both John and Jeff are partners in Lecave Le, Le and Leclos. And Lecave. Okay. Uh, Lecave. Okay, sorry, I got that wrong. Uh, it's one, they're above each other. One's kind of in a basement and one's 
outside above. I, I would know more if wine was my big thing. It's not my thing either. I tell Jeff that all the right. time. Because I spent yeah. an hour and a half with them last week just talking about, oh, Jeff and Joel just talking about the restaurant and how they Cool. Do. Yeah. Uh, Good for you. Then they're in line for a James Beard next year because you were, you're hanging out with them. <laughs> okay. One of, my, one of my favorite categories. I love pasta. So top five places to get pasta in Portland, Oregon. Number five, Montelupo Mar- Italian Market. Uh, mm-hmm. They have, God, they have so many pastas from which to choose. They're like eight or 10 on the menu and they're all under $20. And they're, they're not just small portions. They're quite significant portions. It's very reasonably priced. Good price to quality ratio at Montelupo Italian Market. Do they sell pasta, just fresh pasta yep. to take home yep. and cook yourself? They do. Good. In fact, they're giving, they're, 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 sell, they're, they're doing a trade with uh, Piconi's Corner. They're giving Piconi's Corner pot, their pasta, and in return, Piconi's is sending meat back to them to use on their menu. Oh. Um, oh, nice. Four, Gabianos in my little neighborhood. I've talked about David Siegel and Blake, Blake Foster's? I think Blake, mm-hmm. I think Foster's is his last name. Yeah. Gabianos, Chef Liz. Cerrone or Cerrone is doing a fantastic job at Gabbiano's with her, with her pastas, especially the spaghetti meatballs. Very straightforward, but my God, one of my favorite pasta dishes in town. Uh, nice. Number three is not an Italian restaurant, but it's, it's always been, I've mentioned it here many times before, Scotch Lodge pastas. Um, Tim Martelli put a, a, um, a new pasta dish on the menu that has andouille, I believe, that that I absolutely love and crave. So Scotch Lodge, Tim Martelli, sec- third best place to get pop- third, my third favorite spot to get pasta in Portland, Oregon is not. And we have a podcast with him too. Anybody's welcome to do a little search on our search engine and find that one too. Awesome. Number two, Campana from um, George Caden, and I went back recently because I hadn't gone. I think I ordered it once delivered during the pandemic but then i actually went back to the restaurant and it was absolutely fantastic i had there were some like 15 dollars pastas on the happy hour menu that were huge portions and were like 15 dollars. how can they do this i don't think it was a gary the foodie sort of, i don't think it was a G- gary the foodie quantity like i don't think it was a gary the foodie dish i don't think they added more just because i'm there i don't i'm because i <laughs> i was waiting for you to get around to how that what what the definition of that was that well it does happen sometimes where i get like extra <laughs> more quantity maybe and number one pasta well they know what's going on instagram so it, oh yeah so listen any anybody who knows yeah. what's going on instagram that plate is going to be nice okay you're you're, you're right most there are most chefs <laughs> will do that you're you are correct number one Best pasta, my favorite pasta. I keep on wanting to say best. My favorite pasta in Portland, Oregon. Ava Jeans is back better than ever. I've had, I did, okay. I went twice when they reopened in a matter of a couple of weeks and I had all of their pastas. There were six. So I had all six. So I'm going back again soon to try some more of their pasta. So Ava Jeans. And who owns that now? Is it still uh, Josh- Jonathan? Joshua is like culinary. I don't know. I don't. That the kitchen now. I'm. I'm sorry, not Jonathan. Joshua. I'm no, sorry, Joshua, yeah. Joshua McFadden. Yeah, he's not really involved in the menu. Um, so it's Amelia right. Kirk from New York City and Ross Effinger. They're like the co-chefs, I believe. And then 
the person okay. making the pasta is the person who made the pasta in the past. And her pasta, her actual pastas, Joe Marie Patino's pastas, are amongst the best in the country. I think any one, oh. two, or three Michelin starred Italian restaurant, there's only one three Michelin starred restaurant, Italian restaurant in the United States. But yeah, would be happy to use her pasta. She's that good at making pasta. Actual making oh, that's, pasta. That's impressive that you're putting it that way. We have to get there. Yeah, Ava Jean's Joe Marie Patino. Uh, I believe the term is pastiola, something like that. Yeah. Um, so there we go. My fa- top five favorite pastas in Portland, Oregon. Very nice. Uh, I, we're waiting. To, I'm waiting for you. I got a couple of categories. I'm just waiting for. Well, first of all, tell me what they are. Tell me. I may not have it, by the way. So mm-hmm. tell me what it is. Well, I think you might have covered a little last time pizza. Oh, I already covered it. You go to my Instagram, GTF Budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. G- oh, GTF. All right. Top five, yeah, GTF top five, something like that. Okay, all right. I already covered that. So, um, number uh, top five bakeries, top five bakeries, bakeries, bakeries. Uh, I'm curious if my go-to is going to be on that list, and I don't think it's going to be. Well, no, I can't go out there, dude. Like, that's the other thing. I guess I didn't mention the fact that I right. have to be able to get. <laughs> to the bakery the, it's gonna take me all... an hour and a half to get to baker and spice that yeah is. it's funny that you knew that i didn't know that you would know that that's what i was talking about oh yeah see i'm very unlike you i i do listen i'm observant yeah, yeah right? no, I mean, well it's I, not only listening it's it's absorbing and remembering that's part oh, of the problem right. for me yeah i just can't get out there it's like an hour probably two hours round trip well uh, well then that's a nice honorable mention on this list chris's spot and it's only because i live it's not only it's good but i live near there and i've always thought their uh whole wheat croissant which is something if you told me i had to go eat i'd say what but i just love it so there are some other things there that are great too yeah i mean i've heard very good things about baker and spice um number five paper bread yeah, heard about that. And I've been going there quite a bit recently, almost like once every two weeks. I go to Tabor Bread. Um, number four is a place I've been going to a lot. Like, I try not to eat as many sweets as I used to, but I've been going there probably more than I should over the last like month. It's Flor de Lis in the Hollywood district. It's an old, it's been around forever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Greg Mistel is the original owner, still owns it with. I think her his wife's name is Lisa, hence Flor Delise, and mm-hmm. the daughter is Emily Mistel, who who owns co-owns partners in um, Hey Love the bar. Um, number three, the Bake Shop, also in Hollywood District, from Kim Boyd. Mm-hmm. Number two, Ginger Patissier over on Williams, uh, love that place, and I call I've been calling this place my favorite bakery for a while, last six months on this podcast. Number one for pastries, Cafe Ali. So you, just, you already said it on this particular podcast too. Yeah. Cafe Ali. Favorite place to get pastries. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Just, Thank you. Just, just, uh, what should I do? I'll do. I'm running out of space and I only brought one piece of paper with me to my, uh, to my podcast studio. We'll here. do. We'll do two more if we have time. Let's just do the two more. How about oh, we got time? Okay, we, we just passed the the one hour mark, and we started a little late too. So how about this? Top five dishes from a food cart. 
but it not oh. for, not counting burgers. Okay, so top five dishes from a food cart, not counting burgers. And I'm not. I I readily admit I'm not a food cart guy. But right, I, I did. You know, I said I ventured out to some food carts to try to find my top five, and you know, I I had some that I thought about in the past that I returned to. But um, let's do this. Number five. I, I guess I've talked about this one on the on the podcast before. It's a torta cubana from Taqueria Los Tres Hermanos on Cali. And I swear, this thing is just, it's like a two-pound sandwich. It's got ham, sausage, like a beef milanese, uh, cheese, eggs, and, and some vegetables. I mean, it's just, I swear to God, it's a two-pound sandwich. I, I can't eat one at one sitting. But it's a torta cubana from Taqueria Los, Tro- Los Tres Hermanos. And tied at number five with the, it's a, it's a pizza lata, a folded pizza from Riva. It's got beans, cheese, chorizo, avocado. And it's a pizza lata, which is a folded pizza. It's only folded during the day. I don't know. And then at night, if you get it, it's an actual pizza. I don't know why he only folds it during the day. He did tell us the reason why he only folds it during the day. <laughs> well, go ask. Anybody's welcome to ask, too. Uh, number four is Mafa Yap from Kaba's Kitchen. It's a beef in a creamy and uh, it's a cre- it's a creamy peanut and tomato-based sauce. Mafa Yap from Kaba's Kitchen. And they're no longer on killings with me. They moved to Alberta. One, one cart's in Alberta in like 15. And then they also are in the Portland Market near uh, I was like on 10th and Southeast Dark. But just go to their website. Hopefully it's there. But go to their Instagram even better. Mafia okay. from Cabas Kitchen. Number three. Uh, it, it's I'll call it the three mole special from Mole Mole on um, Alberta, also on Alberta. There's just just basically get anything at Mole Mole that has mole in it. Their mole is absolutely fantastic. Um, it, uh, yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's just one of those things where I say, oh, my God, this is really good mole. It's from a food cart. And, and that's not far from you either. That's easy for you to jump over there and right. grab it and go home. Right. And they serve they serve their they serve all their food in actual plates. It's a food cart, but they actually it's beautiful plates. Please don't steal their plates. Um, and number two, any pork chop from Ruthie's. Any pork chop from Ruthie's. They make I think they make the best best pork chops in the city. Restaurant, food cart, doesn't matter. Get the pork chop from Ruthie's because I think they're the best. They're my favorite pork chops. Good to know. I miss I miss Acadia for that. Right. Yeah. Number one, the brisket from Matt's Barbecue. Oh well, yeah. There's one I have had. Right. Yeah, it's great. Fantastic. It's some of the best barbecue outside of Texas. Yeah, that's and it's a nice there. experience over there too. To I like it out there. So good. And how about my last category, since I've ate so many burgers over the last, like, you know, God, four or five years, hundreds of burgers. Let's go with my top five burgers. And it's changed. Uh, the list changed from when I did that Burger Cabal Roundup for Portland Monthly with, you know, the group. 
back then. Right. It's changed a little. So here we go. Top my five favorite burgers in Portland. Should I be doing, by the way, somewhere along the way, I should have done drum rolls. If you're going to go five, four, three, two, one, we should have a drum roll. That's so on okay. this one, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a drum roll on one. Okay. Like an actual <laughs> drum roll that, or you, you're going to insert the sound well, later. I have whatever I have here. I got a styrofoam. Let me see how this sounds. Hold on. You judge. It's okay. your drum roll. Terrible drum roll. Terrible but anyway, that was it. Okay, let's, yeah. let's forget about that one. Okay, number five. OG Burger from Monster Smash. And they're in the Belmont Station. And they also have a location on Sandy Boulevard that's relatively new. Inside a bar. I want to say in the 90s. On South, Northeast Sandy Boulevard. I forgot. I think the, the bar's name is My My. My My. Okay. Um, number f- four is it's a bless your heart burger from bless your heart. Do a sing, uh, do a double. You got to do a double, and the, it's the one that has. And it's actually called the bless your heart burger from bless your heart. It has chili right. and coleslaw, along with Texas Pete's hot sauce and mustard and other stuff. But it's a very messy burger, and mm-hmm. the bun will disintegrate. Because there's so much stuff on it, relatively quickly, so you, you got to eat it. I don't want just don't stuff it in your mouth. But you, you have to be somewhat. <laughs> you I don't know how well it down. I have no idea how well that would travel. <laughs> so has that has bless your heart maintained the quality that it had when uh, John Gorham was the I, guy? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I still go oh, to cool. bless your heart. It's really convenient for me too. But um, number th- three. Is a cheeseburger from Bellwether Bar. It, I hadn't heard about it, and someone said you should go try the Bellwether Bar burger, and I and I went a couple months ago. And Jimmy, Chef Jimmy, I believe his last name's Askren, just kills it with a cheeseburger from Bellwether Bar. Plus, it's a great bar. It's a great looking bar. And what kind of burger is that? Is that a pub burger? Is that a smash burger? What kind of oh, burger God. would that be? What is a smash burger? You know what, Chris? I've had so many burgers since this was a couple of months ago. I just remember I liked it so much. I can't remember if it's smash or not. But okay. it's, it's a straightforward burger. It's that, I mean, it probably has special sauce, uh, lettuce, tomato, that sort of thing. But it's been a while since I had it. Okay. I just remember I, how much I liked it. Okay. Number two is a place I go a lot because it's so walkable from my house. And I'll mention the basic cheeseburger at number two from Sure Shop Burger. I've been go- the reason I go quite from where Sure Shot Sure Shot Sure Shot. I go really mm. often because they do they they do weekly specials most weeks, so I kind of look forward to seeing what their weekly specials are. One of them they had a spam burger that was a weekly special. One they had some peppers that were really super duper hot. That was a special. They have a special this week. Can't remember. What. Last week's special was um, shoestring fries fries on that burger. Oh, nice. spe- spicy ketchup. That was the first time I ever came to Portland. I went to Moo Moo, the bar, and I had fries in the burger, which I got coming from the East Coast. That was very unusual. Oh, really? And I remember, I, I wrote about it, and I thought, this is really cool, and the place is cool. Fries on the burger. That was it. Uh, yeah. First I, meal I ever had in Portland. How about that? I really liked fries in the burger. Uh, number one, number one burger. Still is, as it was in their Burger Cabal Roundup. The American Standard McSpatriot. That was oh. yeah. I thought I was going to hear about Guero. I do like Guero's burger. I just had it recently. The hamburguesa. 
It's, it, I know, it I be, saw that. It would be in my top ten, but didn't make it number one. All right. Well, someone may consider that their number one because sure. I remember I enjoyed it a lot too. So number one, uh, expatriate, expatriate. By the way, is one of if you got friends coming in from out of town and they're looking for a cool Portland experience. Uh-huh expatriate would be is always someplace i say get get over there go over to that neck of the woods eat at urdaneta or you know there's all sorts of new places and i mean i used to tell people go to dfc uh yakuza now um but expatriate is pretty cool and uh dame also is over there as well right and in 2021 i did have my favorite burger that i've ever had in portland but they they stopped doing it I think sometime in t- 2022, and I did come on the show to talk about Davenport burger, lunch burger. It was a burger they served right. for lunch, and it was the best burger I ever had in Portland. But Kevin stopped doing lunch, and he, not, he doesn't put his He's, burger on the menu on the dinner menu. Thank you. He's a guy I must have on this podcast because he's got quite a, a history here. And uh, I remember when I first started going around the scene here, going to Evo, and uh, he's a fascinating guy, and he's uh, underrated. I think that restaurant, uh, his cooking is, uh, he needs to be recognized more for it, because again, he's not the shiny new thing, but he's been consistently doing what he's doing in a beautiful space over there for a while. That's actually a good example that you just gave, because you were talking about 20, 30 year, you know, 20 to 30 year right. experience chefs. Right. And that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That guy, he deserves a James Beard Award. I mean, whether he wins or not, but he deserves to be considered sure. in that category. Right? He's awesome. He used to do the best salads and sandwiches, and now he's doing what he's doing. I haven't been there in ages. He, so, he, he um, was, you know, when I used to do my local list for the Beards, he'd be in my top. I, You know, I'd have to rank him. I mean, he was in there. I mean, did I ever have him right. in the top five? I didn't. I never had him in the top five. Yes, I, I, I had him close. I think I had him in the top ten, once, one or two years, maybe. Right, but so if you if you factor in longevity and consistency, then he's got to rise to the top because some of those people that were in your top five aren't around anymore. You're right. I'm guessing. You're, you're right. Yeah. 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 But I, I don't. So. I mean, that's that. I don't know that that those two criteria experience. And longevity, then you're talking more of a career a career achievement award, you know? Right. So yeah, I, maybe maybe he was nominated once. I wonder if he was maybe nominated one year as a semifinalist. I can't remember. We have to look. We have to look. But, I'm, but probably not. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, good luck getting him on because he's really quiet. He seems introverted. I know. I'd listen. And listen, it's more difficult now to get anybody on than it used to be, and I don't know why. I, but, I'd um, listen to it. If you interviewed Kevin Gibson, I would listen to it. I just want to know what he says. Has to say. <laughs> he doesn't talk. What percentage of Right at the Fork episodes do you listen to? Uh, I'm, I'm cringing as I I'm cringing as I await the response. Ten percent. Ten. Well, okay. I mean, some of these guests, they're from places I've never heard of before. Not just restaurants. If it's restaurants, I'm more intrigued, right? <laughs> but right. don't have restaurateurs and chefs on. And those, I do. Not, not in the last like six months. You, you have, it's like a split between non-restaurateurs and chefs. And oh yeah, you know, well it's probably a split. But you know, yeah. my thing is, I used to be in town eating out three, four nights a week, so I could say. 
to whomever, hey, I'd love to have you on the podcast, and that would happen. Now I've got to reach out and you know on Instagram and places like that because I'm not there as much, and uh, and then I tend to have people on the podcast and then go. So right. uh, we're gonna go with my Vietnamese friend to Berlu in August. Vince was kind enough to help us navigate that reservation. Well, you so, did. Well, he that. hasn't done it yet, but he said he would. You mentioned that Pardon last me? episode. Did you? So did you get the reservation? Well, I gave him four dates, oh. and I said, this is when we can go, and he said, I can, I can help you with that. So that's, okay. we don't have the date yet, but we're, we're going to go, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I do have, you know, I have a, you, you heard me mention it, I have a friend whose last name is Wynn also okay. um, from Vietnam, and they were so excited when I wrote them and said, this is where we need to get together for the first time in a couple of years. So we'll do it. And we're, um, we're, going, out think, to, do we, and we're going out to lunch part, the 21st. 21st. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll check on lobster rolls at Cafe Rowan. Is that what we were doing? I forgot. Yeah. Cafe Rowan. Hopefully it's 20. Right. Well, I got that much. Because I, I got to try the. I haven't had the crab rolls in two years. So. Right. Yeah. Well, if we don't go there, anywhere is fine, well, we'll man. I just like it. Uh, if not, Cafe Rowan. Yeah, exactly. So here's a trivia question for you. Okay. Where are the last two restaurants that we dine together? Firehouse and Josh McFadden's Ava Jean's. Wait, wait, I, I know. I Ava Jean's for brunch. Right. With, with I didn't Renee. think you'd. I didn't know if you'd get Firehouse. With I still want to know why you picked that out of all the places we could have gone I, that I, night. I, I I, and it was nobody was there. I thought you were embarrassed to be with me. You're going to take me to somewhere where nobody is. No, no. I, I wanted to try it. I, I talked about. <laughs> I know. I talked about uh, Firehouse to George Caden from Campana since it's right across the street. It's still open. It's still there, yeah. and they had great pizza. I remember I used to go there. You know, and, and Firehouse is not near my, never near any of any place I've lived. So I had to go out of my but way to go there. It was wrong, good, but. My answer that I just gave you is wrong because we went to another place. You don't remember the, the more recent place? Wait a second. I know it. I just had to. I just needed ten seconds to think about it. No, tell me, and I'm, I'm going to kick you myself. Very much, Chris. Thanks for dinner. Oh, of course, I'm supposed to remember Ringside. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm so. I can't believe that you're right. I've, I, I wasn't thinking of that. Um, uh, yeah, that was great. We well, if you want to get back there, we can get back there sometimes plus i'm not a real steakhouse oh. person anyway like right well we knew that Florida, we knew that florhurst market's solid um yeah i don't really go out to steakhouses in portland oregon except for old country kitchen sailor's old country kitchen oh but so oh. the other thing oh it, what? it's uh because it's near my house kind of i end up going to clyde's prime rib for the 28 dollar prime rib dinner all right, that's that's cheap. I've been there for that before. I really like. But it. I'll tell you one thing about Ringside, and everybody knows. Uh, you know, full disclosure, they sponsor this sure. podcast. I just don't think you're going to get better service anywhere in Portland oh, you're right. than that. So yeah. if you want, if you want that experience, and the food is you know great, you might argue that this or that. But um, I've always had food I love and service I like more, and I've always feel. Uh, it always feels special in there. Anyway, uh, I, have, I I feel compelled to do that because I've been there a lot and I like it a lot. So I didn't want anybody to think, no, don't go there because that Wagyu dish is not up to Gary's um, 
you standard. Asked, and I'm always honest. Yeah, no, I know I asked, but yes, I know. I know I did. But um and you know I see I, lots of times I see on menus that they're doing a ragu with with wagyu. Uh, what's the point? And, uh, well, first of yeah, all, what's the A5. point of that? It's not going to be A5. It's like American wagyu. Right. Which is nothing wrong with American wagyu, I, by the way. Right, but I've seen a lot of that. And that's the other thing is don't confuse American Wagyu with what Ringside has in there. I'm sure some other restaurants in Portland do too, but right. they they source it very particularly from uh, Japan. So anyway, all right, man. So thank you. Um, we didn't get to talk baseball at all, but I don't think anybody on this, listening to this podcast gives a shit. So that's a topic for us to discuss next Wednesday. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm... I will show you. I'm going to send you a post I just put on one of the Mets Facebook groups. By the way, we just went to City Field and had a great time. Did they win? It was so fun. Well, you had a great time because no, they lost. They lost. Oh, they played the no, Pirates? They lost, Did they play the Pirates? Was, no, was they were playing series? the Blue Jays. But oh. I, so I was able to, I might as well tell this, it's kind of fun. So Renee and I went and I bought the cheap seats right behind home plate in the upper, in the upper level. Sure. So they were 30 bucks. We go down and we got there early, of course, because we were on our way to the airport. And I, what else did we have to do that day? So I said, I'd like you to go down and see the perspective from the field. And the ushers were saying, no, you can't get down here. But you can, over near right field, you can get down there. So we just went down over there, and then I just said, oh, looks like we can cut over near the dugout right here. There's no usher down there. We went over to the dugout, literally five rows behind where Buck Showalter was, and sat down, and we were playing around taking pictures the usher said you want us to take want me to take some pictures of you which i thought was hilarious and um then we sat down in two seats on the fifth in the fifth row on the aisle and we were just fully expecting someone to come and say uh excuse me those are my seats we were the, all the seats were filled in that section except nobody came over to say those are our seats we we happened, we hit the lottery. We happened to find the two seats behind the dugout. So we watched for five innings. You cheated. Right, right. Well, no, it's okay. But then we listen to this. So we watched for five innings there. And then we had to go eat and go to the bathroom. So I walk up and all the ticketing is on your app now, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's no physical tickets. And I say to the usher, hey, listen, I my phone is dead. I'm not going to be able to show what you the, my ticket when I get back. <laughs> and And she says, oh that's fine i'll remember that face come on in honey and so but we never went back there we went up to the right under the broadcast booth we got into the piazza thing somehow walking right by the guy and then we got into that section and and i used i figured well this this thing with the ticket with the app works ah my phone's dead and he said oh go ahead and sit down you got free food right under food you get free food no we didn't get we didn't get the free food but we had we were sitting in like you'll the great seats which are right behind home plate right under the broadcast booth for another three innings and we got to see uh pete alonzo set the city field home run record from there and then we went up to our regular seats just to see what those were like for a half an inning and then went to JFK after that. But at any rate, it was such a fun experience. And I got some really cool pictures from down there that I've never gotten. I never sit down there. So okay, anyway. Okay, everybody. Now you know I assume to, everybody's to, gone by now. Well, now Pardon they know me? how to sneak into baseball stadiums and 
get to the really good seats without having to pay for it. I felt like I deserved it because I've been going to Shea Stadium since I was 11 years old, and I've probably been hundreds of times. Okay. So why not give that experience to a guy who lives in Oregon? By the way, I've been to City Field at least a dozen times since I've lived in Oregon. I've been to that field. But the cool thing is what I do is generally plan to come home on a weekend or whenever when they have day games, and I don't love day games, but when they have a one o'clock game, and you hit City Field, park in the parking lot, and then right after, just go to JFK and catch the uh, JetBlue direct flight back here. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Okay. All right. Thank you, listeners, for indulging if you're still listening. But thank you, Gary, for coming by and being a sport and divulging all your favorites. This is great because now I get to, uh, when everybody asks, where should I go eat? I get just get to send them a link and it's done and they get to do they have the hour and 15 minute investment to find a good place to eat courtesy of you so thank you thank you and then I'll text you the time on Wednesday yes we'll do that and let's okay. check to see if the you think he is serving the lobster roll is it only a matter of is it a matter of weather or is it a matter of price oh neither really I just want to make sure that he's serving it on Wednesdays Right, but I'm just saying I'm not worried about the price necessarily. No, but if as long as they're serving the lobster roll, let's go there. That's my yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah that's um, that's what I'm saying. Like I just I gotta make sure it's on Wednesday. Okay, cool. Okay. If not there, somewhere else is fine. I enjoy. Bye. I will enjoy. I listen. I enjoyed this time together with you here. It's great that we get the opportunity to do that, and I'm looking forward to next week. And we're looking forward to having you on again. What are you going to talk about next time we come on in like four or five months? What do you got? That'll be toward the end of the year. So is the year end. Right. Year end. Okay. Will it be different than this? Will we have different things to talk about? Uh, probably the best new restaurants that I've eaten at during the year in Portland, Oregon. Since, yes. It will right. be the whole Okay. Year. It'll be like a year end roundup. Stuff to talk All right. About. And maybe I can contribute to that. Maybe I got a couple. Okay. Up my sleeve. All right. And then, you know what else I would like to do is some other places I've eaten in big cities that people might want to go to. I can contribute that, too. Okay. New York, New York, I got a couple of fun experiences. So we went to Llama Inn. So you know that, right? Yeah. uh, He's got Llama San. Eric Ramirez has Llama San, too. Llama San and Llama Inn. So uh, one of my good friends from Portland met us there. So it was great. It was a lot of fun. Okay, man. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. Okay. I hope the, I hope that I hope the Braves don't give up runs. Oh, I do. I hope they give up lots of runs They're in the ninth the inning over and over and over again. They, they they lose to the worst teams of the league. Like they lost to they lost a series to the Oakland Athletics. They probably lose a series to the Tigers. Well, have you seen? My son is following Oakland now. Have you seen what they've been doing the last week? They've been winning. Oh yeah, they've won like six out of seven. I think. Jesus Christ! I can't believe it. Terrible, <laughs> and they're also. He wrote me this morning to tell me there uh, there will be a rally um, there to suggest that they don't move. To Vegas, the fans are gonna yeah. fans are gonna protest. Yeah, which I think. Listen, I'm not a big. I don't. I don't follow Oakland sports at all. I don't even follow the NFL. But what a shame for them to lose the Raiders and then the Athletics. Oh, you forgot, you forgot so. one more. Maybe the most important one they lost. You the funny thing the, is, most, yes, most Golden State. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because most people don't realize the, the Oracle Arena is right next to the baseball stadium in Oakland. But they, they built a fancy new 
probably a billion dollars uh, uh, arena in in San Francisco, in the heart of San Francisco. So they moved. Right. That sucks, but at least they can still go. Mm. Well, I got to think so, yeah. probably two or three times expensive as they were in Oakland. Uh, well, yeah, but that's also a function of how well they've right. been doing over the past 10 years right. as well. So, um, But yeah, no, I didn't follow the NBA at all. And, you know, known very little about the Nuggets, but that was interesting to see that happen last night out of the blue for me because I'm not following it. Good for so. them. Good for the Nuggets. I just hate Miami. Yeah. I hate Miami sports. My, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. I, well, there's a reason, there a reason I to live there, so I don't know. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, I've never been to. I've never oh. been to the Marlins baseball field. You ever want to do a trip with me to one stadium, pick out a stadium, and let's go? I'm not a stadium guy, man. I watch. I watch sports at home. I hate. I hate stadiums and I hate arenas. I just don't go. Well, I. I same thing. I don't like going to concerts anymore either. I'd rather walk on the beach with earbuds. But, um, I you know I kind of feel like I have to because we did those baseball trips sure, twenty yeah. years ago. I got to fill in a few blanks and I'd like to just go. And I love, I do like, oh, by the way, I don't know if I'm going to love it anymore with the pitch clock because it goes too fast. So you, you, you don't have the same experience. I love it. You. I love the pitch clock. You do. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I don't want to see four hour games in the regular season. All right. Okay. Well, jury's still out for me, but um, we'll see. Okay. Okay, Gary. See you later. Week. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right